Nice segue, by the way, and I'm going to ruin it. Hello and welcome to episode number 52 of Grumpy Old Benz. I am Darren O'Neill, coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the air purifiers are on high to keep coronavirus at bay. And from America's left coast, where privacy and security are no match for the illusion of safety, I'm Ryan Bemrose. You don't need privacy. You don't need security. You need one of those respirators that you can put on that's probably not going to help anybody from getting infected by whatever diseases flying through the I, air. I do, in fact. I'm, I'm currently in the mid-coughing fit right now, although not because of coronavirus or any kind of virus. It's because uh, apparently coffee is not supposed to be taken uh, through the trachea. It has to go down the throat, but you know, you could just go with powdered coffee and then just snort it. That, that could work oh, really yeah. well. Get get a straw and a mirror and some powdered instant coffee. Yeah. I think we're onto something here. It's the new way of grumpy old Ben's to get you really hyped up for the show. But I feel sorry for anybody right now that has a cough that has to go out in public. I mean, especially if you're of Asian descent in America right now. Uh it's getting weird out there. Oh yeah, the racism runs high right now. It's very weird. Uh, I yeah, we there was uh local here here in my city we had a a uh, local shop that it's a bakery um but it's run by a, an old chinese couple who i don't know i mean they like maybe they came from china back in the 30s cuz they look really ancient but uh it, they i mean they've lived here forever and they're saying that their uh their sales are down because people don't want to go and i like Oh, we don't want the the virus. Like, oh, are, are you fucking kidding me? This that there is a more American than you are. They've been in America for twice as long as you have. You stupid millennial. Yeah. Now, if they have family that just came back from China, I guess maybe you want to avoid them for uh, yeah, yeah, for uh, various if, reasons. And I, and I I don't think so. I mean, I don't know these people very well. It's not like I'm a regular at the bakery. I'm not quite that fat yet. I'm working on it. But it comes but, down to. Uh, if there's no cases in your area, you don't have to fear yeah. the local. Well, the, yeah, the first case in the United States happened to be a couple miles away from here. And you know what happened? Dude went to the hospital. They put him in quarantine. He got better. And there's been absolutely nothing here since. Well, I think you have so, to look at the stats and you have to look and you have to understand the averages and the percentages the thing that's not getting called out by the mainstream media and it is by more shows like uh, no agenda that the regular flu kills a lot of people every year but that doesn't make headline news and while this could be a pretty bad virus as of yet it's kind of under control is there the possibility for it to get bad yeah the, yeah the the yearly flu shot kills more people than the kung flu has this year I, I, it, this is not this is a non-story but it's it is of course you know the function of the the state run propaganda media is to keep everybody in the country in a state of constant 
permanent butt puckering terror in order to make sure that, you know, afraid people do not make rational decisions. Afraid people make emotional decisions that knee jerk on, you know, and they're much easier to control. So you have to have the, the, the news cycle. The news cycle is what it is. What is it this week, this month? Because the story's got legs. It's been what, a month now? About what yeah. is it this month that we can keep everybody permanently afraid of? Well, one of the interesting things, when it, if you want to put a political spin on it, is I that the, the put a political spin on everything. The thing that is most important right now for countries is to keep people that have the virus outside of their borders. So a lot of countries are being very careful and screening people and not just letting anybody in, which, you know, the. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, you Seattle liberal fucks. Doesn't that border wall sound pretty damn good about now? It seems like it might be a necessity. Not, not that the virus is coming in from Mexico. Right. Well, no. We, well, you don't know where it's coming in from. But, yeah. I mean, xenophobia doesn't respond to rationality. So that argument doesn't make sense. But. but the reality is, I don't think even the most liberal of people at this point can argue the fact that one of the ways to keep a virus like this from spreading through your country is to keep people who are infected out. And if you have open borders, let everybody in. Don't look at who you're letting in. It just it, why don't even stop them when they try to come in. Well, well, that they, doesn't work. What's what what's happening is in in the brain of of these people, you know, which is not responding to rational arguments and is only responding to fear. What you've got is is the you know they're running from the monster that is uh, you know, closed borders and knee jerk reacting with fear to that. And then suddenly a bigger monster comes across the way and suddenly they, they do the pivot 180 degree turn and run back the other way. That is how you do when you're running for your life because you're permanently afraid of one thing or whatever they tell you to be afraid of. And let's it's say no way to live. But well, yeah, and let's say there was a call for everybody quarantine their own families. Everybody stay in your house for two weeks, three weeks, whatever the the range that would be needed would be. Well, isn't that the same as closing okay, all done. the borders again? Oh, well, that's that's closing all the borders around my house, right? But that's the same thing, and you're doing it for a reason. And uh, it's a you know, it's called a quarantine. That's actually a rational response to certain things. Yeah, let the disease die out if possible. The interesting thing is when you see. I mean, that I mean, you want to know another really good technique for for managing the disease is you just kill everybody who has it. Don't don't let the disease do it. And maybe that's not a very nice way to go about it. You think <laughs> it's a uh, it's a little bit extreme, I mean, but let's look at the percentages there. Even when it's comes down to, oh, about one percent of everybody infected with this will die. I mean, OK, one, that sounds fairly dire. But when you really start looking even at that, would that lead to a, a large okay. number? Yes. Now, now I want to know what the percentage is for the normal flu or the common cold. I thought the normal flu instead of 1% was about one tenth of 1%. So it's, okay. it's a, it's a statistically it makes a difference. But with that said, you know, if I were to tell you that you could do something that would, you know, greatly, okay, here, every time you spin this, Let's just have an imaginary. This would be the worst game ever in Vegas. But let's just say you have an imaginary slot machine. Every time <laughs> you press the lever, you either you pull get the lever and you got a one percent chance of it kills you. 
Right. You have, I like this. You have, you have a, well, just think about this. You have a 99% I, I, chance every time I, you hit that lever, you'll get $50,000 free every time I, you hit that I, lever, I, I, except for the 1%. How many times do people pull that lever? I, I like this because it could actually lead to more rational decisions about going to Vegas. I would uh, think. You know, I, I've never been to Las Vegas and I don't go, you know, there, there are, of course, gambling houses around here, not, not anywhere that the state has control of them, but on the reservations there. They're, you know, where gambling is legal. Um, I don't, I don't gamble because I, I know, have enough knowledge of mathematics and statistics and economics to know that, uh, that people who are spending way more time on this than I am have set the odds such that the house makes money. And if the house makes money, where do you think that comes from? It comes from you. Therefore, statistically, it is necessary that I will not make money. There's always the chance, but the expected value is negative. So no, I don't gamble. Right. But in this case, it's free money. Let's just say $50,000. So the casinos would go broke. You have a 1% chance of dying. The thing just comes out in, a, you know, what would you think? A, uh, like a big spear goes like right through your heart or something like that. That's your 1%. 99% chance 50,000 cash is going in your hand. How long well, do, do you think if, the line would be for people to do that? Well, I suppose if you believe in an afterlife or you're you really 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 care about your next of kin more than you um or you're on some kind of ssri and have had your brain chemistry altered by the prescription drugs to make you permanently depressed then um i mean all of these sound like i reasons to do i don't know me personally i'd probably look for a way to hack it <laughs> I, I mean you know, first order method. Okay, you, the spear comes right out the front and stabs you through the heart. Okay, well in that case, I pull the lever from the fucking side, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the spear comes out and takes out the next person in line who was crowding me. Goddamn, back off! I, I would say that might be a better a better way to go, but it's an interesting thing when you look at it, especially. I mean, it's being pointed out by JC Junior in the troll room, and if you're not in the troll room when we do these shows live Friday mornings. 11 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Pacific at noagendastream.com. You're missing out on all the fun. 1% of 7 billion people is still 70 million people. Yes, I understand. It's a, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a significant There has been no number. disease in the history of humanity that has infected everyone. When you look at the 1% and you start breaking that down, you will see that even in China, I saw a story the other day that said the rate among children is very 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 small and as it was oh. talked about on the no agenda show if you're under 50 years old it's a much lower chance that you're going to die than yeah, if you're this, 60 and up i made this comment on no agenda social but it it does bear repeating because i really like it as as a conspiracy theory and that is okay so what we have is we have evidence first of all it only seems to kill older people um, we have some evidence that it was genetically engineered, like came out of a lab in China, uh, and it is highly, highly violent and contagious, right? The millennials final solution to the boomer problem. Maybe get rid of all the oldies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, kind of like the Nazis final solution to the Jewish problem. This is the, you know, the millennials are like, there's some millennial mad scientists, you, cause you know, there's some of them who's like, you know, they might be only 25, but is a 
you know, fucking genius tinkering with CRISPR in a secluded lab somewhere that there's got to be at least one. It's like, you know, the world would be a lot better if we could just get rid of all these boomers. I know. Let's genetically engineer a virus that only kills people who were around in the 60s. And we still don't have the stats about your ethnicity and how this is affecting people. Because it first pointed out, again, on no agenda. Well, I, that uh, Statistically it, speaking, it vastly kills Chinese people more than others. But is it because they're the ones that have just caught it first? And Hush, uh, hush. <laughs> stop bringing in analysis to these statistics. I don't mean no, to. if if. If you want, if you really want to have a racist take on this, you'd be like, yeah, this this virus only kills Chinese people. We're good. Well, and if that if that was just true, if there's something about the DNA of people of Chinese descent that is causing their lungs to because this is where the problem comes, it turns into pneumonia and this is what's killing people, which uh, somebody mentioned too the other day is the fact that no kids are really getting infected or the number is very low in China. The fact that the kids don't smoke, although you know all about secondhand smoke, and that may be a factor, but I believe that a majority of adults in China are smokers. So this could also lead to an issue with the lungs and being susceptible. Well, it certainly makes you like, I can attest from a personal experience, it makes the lungs weaker. So this is where you have L- to start looking of, at this stuff. A little bit of permanent edema because you're not able to exchange air quite as well yeah so you have to look at these factors you know and if it comes down to well if you're not of chinese descent if you're under 60 years old and you don't have a condition already and people that have you know immune issues and that yeah be way more well, afraid just, just to reintroduce the actual analysis to it it's not it has little to do with chinese descent and everything to do with are you in china because that's really uh, where where I am, people are not walking around on the street coughing up this virus everywhere they go. It's just, I, I mean, you know, there might actually be people in this city who have it, but they're either staying home or staying in a hospital and uh, in general, not actually spreading it around much. Yeah, but if I'm assuming China, there have to be some expats in the area in China. And I'd like to know if any of them, the stats, these are not being released. I've never seen anything that will show you the um, ethnicity of the people that have been victims of this virus and i think that might be important i'm just waiting for the the dire warnings to come true that trump is going to start shooting down passenger planes (laughs) as they come in from china you know the guy can never win you know oh he's not doing enough it's like well sure he's doing enough he's already said uh you know, and he's not, it's stop. not going to be ordering his, he's not going to be ordering the military to do it. He will go out there and personally man the battery to shoot them down. That's, <laughs> that seems to be the way that Trump operates. Hey, Anything that happens is his fault. You might see that in some countries that they're just going to do everything they can to keep people out. This the virus is obviously finding its way out of China, but as of yet, I mean, the worst case scenarios, yeah, is a 1%. As you said, not everybody catches the disease. It's another weird thing because, or the virus, I don't know if you call it a disease, but the other weird thing is a lot of people that get it, that have been exposed to it, don't even become symptomatic. So it's a very strange thing. It's not like, you know, Ebola or something, I think, where if you're, you know, if you're exposed to it, yeah, you're screwed. This is a weird virus that people that actually get it, it could just process through their body and be like, I just had a little cold. I mean, that happens. It's called winter. 
um, I think that my favorite, my favorite little bit of news, and I'll just point out uh, about this particular flu is, um, have you ever heard of the game Plague Inc? No, I have not. It is uh, a, a phone game where it you simulate, you play the part of a mad scientist. So it's who, an app. It is an app. It, it is. Yes, it is an app. It is. It's been pretty popular for uh, five, six, seven years. How would you uh, know about it? You don't install apps. Well, I read about them. Oh, okay. I keep informed. I'm just I let other people be the guinea pigs for the privacy invasions because like, people you see your friend. All I have to do is wait for somebody to install the app because, right. you know, there are plenty of people out there for whom it's like, oh, new app install now. And then you're like, let me see so, your phone. <clears throat> Anyways, this thing lets you take the part of a mad scientist and you get to choose where in the world to introduce your plague and you get to tailor particular uh, characteristics of the virus like, uh, you know, how you you have a budget for uh, how infectious it can be and how, you know, how much what types of vectors it uses to whether it, it transfers from touch or through the air and and so on so you tailor a virus you genetically engineer a virus in this game and then you introduce it somewhere and then it simulates it's spreading through the entire population um and it's actually i mean the the algorithms behind how it spreads is actually pretty realistic in uh the the for example the hardest two places to uh oh well oh the other thing is it also simulates things like local governments taking protective measures like closing their borders and preventing travel and stuff like that so you need for example you can tailor the the incubation and infection time and if your incubation time isn't bad enough or if you're if it's too infectious then everybody will close their borders and quarantine and then you won't do very well so you need to carefully i mean the goal is to kill as many people as possible this is a very grotesque game uh, which is one of the reasons it fascinates me um and and in fact, the two hardest places in the whole game to infect are Greenland, and I'm not even sure why. There's like six people there, but whatever. And Madagascar, which apparently in that game is notorious for you know because there's no land borders to in in Madagascar or Greenland, and they'll just shut down flights the moment that they catch a whiff of any kind of disease, and then you can. So, you know, there's plenty of games that end where you've infected and killed the entire world except Madagascar, which is the last bastion of humanity. And you're like, damn it, I failed again. Well, the news is that this game has actually been removed from the app store in China. Well, you're convinced that the visual captures are teaching machines how to drive self-driving cars. And you don't believe this app was using a bunch of CPUs to figure out the best way to kill a bunch of people with the virus mm -hmm. it, I, you know what it might have uh, and you know what they they don't even need to waste a whole bunch of aws time or anything because everybody just installs it and then they probably gather uh telemetry data from your phones right and every you know every time that somebody wins the game they're like okay upload that entire scenario we need to put that in see if it works so that they can further test it it's like the whopper from the old movie war games but this is just you you crowdsource it but it also reminds me of would the, you like to play a game yes global thermonuclear war no let's kill everybody with the oh, coronavirus a nice game of chess no how about kill everybody with coronavirus yes 
It's a new game. So, it's just been added. But it reminds yeah. me of the television show too, The Last Ship, where the you know the one Navy ship is out in the middle of nowhere and everybody else in the world gets this deadly disease. And, yeah. uh, or 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 how about the show Planet of the Apes? Well, yeah, that's going back even a little further. With, yeah. <laughs> hey, Hest, you, Heston is always in style. These concepts have been around for a long time. So anyways, when, when this thing first came out and everybody had the graphics of, you know, it, every story when the, the, the Kung Flu first came out, everyone had the graphics of the plague spreading across the world. And, and of course, you know, it's hard if you've ever seen that game to think, you know, this is exactly the scenario in that game. And then I just thought it, it was funny and and you understand why the company did it and you also understand that they're overreacting because it's a fucking game but yeah uh apple pulled the game from the app store in china so if you're in china you are no longer able to download this game right now well because it would lead to people being freaked out and they don't want that well, I, they I want you to be would docile lead to people I, I think it would lead to people playing games and that's a terrible idea really but you want everybody staying home without leaving the house and not spreading said disease. I mean, it, disease. Feels like, it feels like the more useless apps that completely occupy people's time and force them to stay home instead of going out and socializing and spreading the disease would be better, wouldn't you think? You would think so. And it's interesting when you want to put a, a political spin on this also, which seems to me, and maybe I'm wrong, but it seems to me that the I hate Trump Democrats are all too anxious to jump on this is almost a good thing which is yeah. just how how dare trump allow so much immigration that's causing the flu to spread it, yeah i don't, I don't know. know i wouldn't put it past him to make that argument yeah it's like how dare you go to, um yeah he took def- decisive action maybe it was the, an action you didn't like and there's something to be said at this point just to be clear if it's an action by the federal government by default, it is an action I don't like, but go on. Well, it's an interesting thing when you look at the concept of one world government, you know, we're all just one world, or the isolationist concept that we've been living through for how many centuries now, where countries have their own borders, they make their own rules, they can decide who comes in and who comes out. When you add something like a global pandemic of a virus, things change pretty quick i mean if you look at europe where it used to be everybody had closed borders now the eu people can travel any which way they want the unintended consequences the diseases are going to spread a lot quicker in in the eu you can pretty much call this the schengen flu you know and you can't argue that i mean whether that's good or bad i don't know but that's the truth of the matter because of the way you're doing things diseases like this viruses like this will spread more easily than they would have in the past where you couldn't just walk into you know russia or go into these different countries so it's weird worldwide <laughs> travel catch it now i mean that this may kill the air the air industry for a while do you ever read hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy i have uh there was one throwaway joke in uh one of the books uh where douglas adams uh, was talking about things moving at the speed of light and how you know light move you know you can't move faster than light in fact the only known thing in the universe that moves faster than light is bad news. And there was one civilization that once uh, toyed with the idea of ships powered by bad news. But when they got there, they were so amazingly unwelcome that they just went back to light speed. 
<laughs> and made me think of that because uh, you you were talking about all you know all oh, this flu spreading this thing spreading and i'm like you know the common cold and the regular flu is all through the country and if we didn't have labs analyzing and every time that somebody goes to a hospital and coughs they take a swab and do a genetic sequence on the virus that they find there if we didn't have this people would just think that they had the cold and it is leading to a wave of hype and fear-mongering around this particular flu weren't for the the media and the internet and you know the the only thing that can spread faster than the flu is fear-mongering about the flu i don't know i just it seems so amazingly overblown well as far as the united states i mean we're about as far away as you can get i again i understand international travel people coming in and out but with that said, there are already I stories. I, I could look out. I can just look out over the water here. I can practically see China. I don't know what you're talking about. You have really good eyes, but you don't know what color yeah. China is because you can't That's really true. differentiate that. But oh no, it's it's gray. <laughs> everything is gray. There was I can't a, actually see. I can't see China itself. Just the smog cloud surrounding it. Well, yeah, that's how you know it's China or L.A. <laughs> but and, and what's worse is the jet stream bringing the smog cloud over here. But go on the story out of i think it was uh israel that they believe they will have a uh an, an, what would you call it uh um um an inoculation for this the uh, like you would with your flu shots they believe they'll have that within a few weeks for this virus so it kind of seems like we're just as long as you can keep it out for like another month out of being main mainstream just overtaking the united states everything's going to be absolutely fine even if this is the horrible death causing disease slash virus that they're saying it may be and while they're at it can they cure the common cold too no no that they can never figure out for some reason i know i'm pretty sure they have a cure but but the market for cold medicine is is too large oh yeah you, you can't need, ever let that get out yeah you need to uh you need to make sure that everybody has to get their medication you have to make sure that big pharma can do their thing we talked about big pharma in the last uh last episode you know i am i am generally a pretty big defender of capitalism on this show you may have known uh but one of the places where i think that it is not working out for us is drug companies who are very strongly incentivized to treat symptoms because that way you can hook somebody and sell them treatment forever in instead of a cure because if you cure something then you won't get to sell that you only get to sell the cure once i don't know i don't know if i haven't figured out if that's that's a problem with capitalism or just a problem with our current crony implementation of it but it bothers me yeah well it's it's a it's an interesting thing to watch it's and it's hard not to get pulled into it i mean you pull up right now the drudge report and the main photo on there is people you know doctors people in masks outbreak bigger spreads to 60 countries hits megacity lagos risk upgraded stocks stay sick um i think you've just pretty much identified the high points as to why i don't go to the drudge report and but this is what people are consuming when it but comes to, to news <laughs> well that uh, that is i guess one of the problems and uh it's going to be interesting to what, watch what this you need thing. to do is you need to train yourself to get all of your news from twitter and nowhere else <laughs> So that you you the in fact if so that if you 
don't go to Twitter. You don't even know how to get news. There is no other form of news coming in. And then, and this is step two, and this is extremely important. Delete your fucking account. But you can still get Twitter. You could read Twitter without an account. Oh, well, then install no script. No, Twitter doesn't work for me. Nothing works for you, though. It just, it just pops up a blank screen that says, it looks like you have JavaScript turned off. And I'm like, you fucking right, I do. And here are some simple ways for you can to make sure that you have JavaScript enabled and you can follow those directions. Okay. Yeah. So let's cross over into the tech world because the, the big okay. story, and we are grumpy old Ben's when we should be talking about tech, but you know, you get coronavirus well, it's everywhere. Guys yelling at the cloud. Yeah. And it's a cloud of coronavirus, I think. But yes, uh, speaking of the cloud, this story involves Cloudflare, and uh, it's the, the it was, it's big news. And I don't quite understand it because it's Firefox now, which is still a pretty big browser has set allegedly by default DNS over HTTPS, which basically means when you're looking to go to a website, the lookup is now going to be encrypted. Now, there there are a couple of questions I have about this. The first is I went and looked at my version of Firefox, and I am on the latest. I do not have this. It is still using the DNS that I set up in my pie hole and i went to the area that shows you uh went to a, one tech website that showed how to turn this off in firefox if you wanted to and the setting doesn't exist in my firefox about config so the story that this has been rolled out to everybody i think is incorrect because i even wanted to double check i reinstalled i redownloaded the latest firefox from the mozilla site and reinstalled that still doesn't exist but so uh, let's let's imagine that that some of our listeners and possibly some of our co-hosts don't remember exactly what it is this does and can you give a primer on on what exactly dns over https is or does well sure we know that the https protocol is that secure protocol that means it's encrypted when you go to your bank's website you want to see https because otherwise theory Plain text is plain text. But yeah, I mean, they can be spoofed, which we talked about with Progo on the episode that he was in about the whole concept of the secure socket layer and the HTTPS. And the interesting thing was there's also a story which was on the list, but not big enough for to get us to really get to it this week is Let's Encrypt has now issued a billion free certificates in the last four years. And Progo schooled us on exactly why a lot of those certificates i wouldn't really trust them to be secure so whether these things are secure or not is a whole nother argument but the https means it's encrypted that means it's sending it over the htt protocol but it's sending it in an encrypted way now dns is basically your internet lookup when believe it or not the address of the grumpy old ben's website isn't actually grumpy it's a bunch of numbers but nobody's ever going to remember the bunch of numbers slash whatever that would come after it. So this system was created. So when somebody actually put in a web address, they were able to get what they want. Now, when this DNS lookup is now going over an encrypted channel, they're pushing this. And I really, I really don't believe this in one way or another. It's like Firefox saying, uh, uh, it'll send all your one. This is the weird part, too. It's sending all your DNS 
queries to the Cloudflare DNS servers instead of your default one set. And this is being yeah. done to keep your ISP from spying on you and knowing where you go on the internet. It's like, no, it's not. Well, that's, that's the first problem is, uh, you know, especially with the, the, you remember net neutrality, the thing that completely destroyed the internet and sent us back to the stone age. Oh because, yeah. Because Trump, Remove net neutrality, that bastard. I know the and, internet's not uh, even working in anymore. Fact, that's why we don't have an internet anymore. Is yeah. because of Trump. Yeah, yeah. Now it's gone. Yeah, that that net neutrality. That yeah. orange bastard. Um. Well, uh, net neutrality was one of the first things that that has. Uh, it, see my previous point about always having to have something to be afraid of, and in this case, the manufactured threat. And and don't get me wrong, there there is actually a threat there, but. The threat that has been played up by especially Silicon Valley companies is your ISP is fucking with you. And there's some truth to this. For example, you know, back in what, oh, oh, nine Comcast got slapped pretty hard because they were doing deep packet inspection. We talked about this last show and they were, you know, in fact, rewriting some of your packets. And that's a no, no. Stop fucking with my packets, Comcast that don't do that. And Comcast mostly stopped that but i would be surprised if they're not doing any kind of deep packet inspection still however um you know hdps also largely put a stop to that because your packets are encrypted and therefore only your computer and the server on the other end can read the encrypted packets in theory uh however the big hole in that was dns and uh, DNS has always been uh, a completely separate from TCP and separate from your, your web data. And by and large, the way that everybody gets DNS is from their ISP. You, when you, when you sign on, when you connect, when your router connects, you get, uh, an IP address that you can use to access the internet and you get a DNS address, which is used for finding sites out on the internet and problem and and again this is this is really 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 being pushed by silicon valley companies is that uh your isp has the ability to perform a man in the middle attack uh what they can do is if you say i want to go to uh grumpyobens.com they can give you a pointer to a different site <laughs> Yeah, I'm seeing Fletcher in the troll room uh, making sorry. fun of you. Fletcher, yeah, He's quoting Fletcher, you. Stop fucking with my packets, sir. This is a Wendy's. Yeah, I mean that's. Well, I, we understand okay, well, you're unhinged. No, but it's it's Wendy's is a potential attack vector for what I'm talking about. Uh, effectively, uh, if you want to go to any particular site, whoever controls your first hop DNS, whoever you're connected to has the ability to redirect you to another website and you might not even know about it and you can't do much about it because if you connect to grumpyoldbens.com and your ISP says, oh yeah, grumpyoldbens.com is over at this server, then now you're going to connect to that server and you're going to get it and you're going to believe that you're talking to grumpyoldbens.com. And well, that spoofed ISP controlled server might actually give you better content. It's not with the real, real content. It's not the and grumpy old Ben's you're looking for. To be honest, I don't think that there's a huge threat from ISPs for this in most cases. Although, you know, if you're visiting, um, say, Pirate Bay or whatever, one of the, you know, the one of the dark web things that has replaced it, 
um, you know, there's a lot of sites out there that they're not, you know, not allowed to do this. Or if you're, you know, if you're going have to go browse your child porn or whatever it is that you do in the privacy of your own home, I don't judge. Um, then yeah. Okay. I would be, I would be unsurprised if you're, ISP is at some level filtering that. And there's a lot of people don't want that. And, and you've already presented the solution to that, which is VPNs. Um, <clears throat> that's a pretty good solution. Who well, I'll use their own DNS. Um, in the United States, though, I think by and large for most people, uh, the threat of an ISP fucking with your packets is way overblown and not a big deal. And in fact, it's probably one of the reasons why net neutrality was, not a thing that really destroyed the internet. Um, the two places I will allow that man in the middle attacks by your first hop DNS server are a real threat is one. If you live in an authoritarian country that likes to fuck with your DNS records and block you or filter you like, uh, any internal corporate network, although you shouldn't be surfing porn, uh, from work, um, or say, uh, an authoritarian third world country like uh, Great Britain, who filters your packets because you have to have a special license to view porn. What yeah, the that, fuck? Yeah, that, that, fell up, that fell apart, I believe. <laughs> that didn't work. They, turns out that was harder to do than they thought. Or if you are in a country that actually has something resembling freedom, um, you still have a problem if you go to, say, a Starbucks or uh, your local airport or you know, anywhere, anywhere that has complimentary Wi-Fi somebody else controls that wi-fi and if you don't explicitly set your own dns um they're going to give you a dns and they might uh in fact one of the examples that was given that i didn't even think of until i read an article about it was uh you could go into uh, a best buy and they give you complimentary wi-fi which your phone by default is set to hook up to because it's faster than going over the the cell network and then you hook up to it and you go into the Best Buy and you're like, hey, I really like this TV. Let me just pop up Amazon.com to Will go check load. because everybody goes into Best Buy so that they can find the better price at Amazon. Will not and then load. Best Buy, Best Buy will rewrite your packets. Will not load. Yeah, will not load. That's what Best Buy is doing to you when you're trying to surf Amazon yeah. in their, on their yeah. Wi-Fi. Will well, not and, load. And, <laughs> well, that, and that's filtering and that's blocking and that's been happening for a while. But if if somebody spoofs DNS then they could actually set up their own Amazon page where they intercept it and then they just jack the prices up by 30% on everything so that you don't want to go to Amazon. This is why you don't run a coffee shop. Maybe <laughs> giving, that's it. Giving away because, free Wi-Fi. Because, because I, am, I am a creative and devious person who probably shouldn't be allowed to voice the ideas that I have. So anyways, these are the legitimate threats that uh, having open DNS, uh, it, it, actually has real problems which uh the the two solutions to this that i recommend are uh you know one is you should probably be using a vpn because that way you have some control over the who the man in the middle is for where your packets are going and two you should absolutely be setting your own dns and not just accepting the dns from whatever wi-fi signal happens to be floating through the air when you walk into a store Yes. Well, and however, look, yeah. Oh, go on. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, if there's a however, what was the however? Well, you finished that. Off. Oh, the, the however was going to transition to why uh, DNS over HTTPS is not the right solution. Well, it's not the right solution for 
for various reasons. And the troll room is pretty sure you should judge on the child porn. But, oh. uh, you know, the, the, the kitty porn, that's that's completely different. Is You know, cats are they're just they're not even people. But the HTTPS saying it would help you. Let's just kind of break this down, saying that this is providing privacy from your ISP is a joke because your ISP knows the IP address of where you're going. It doesn't take a genius to figure out what website that is. So to say you're keeping your IP from uh, your internet service provider from spying on you is complete and utter bullshit. That is absolutely the truth. Uh, Sending all of the queries over Cloudflare kind of introduces to me another problem, which is what if you don't trust Cloudflare? Yeah, you, you have just completely nailed my biggest problem with this. And that is that right now I have the ability to control my what DNS I use. And, and in fact, uh, you know, I point my pie hole to open Nick. So I, I don't I don't even use the the DNS provided by my ISP. Uh, I use uh, a DNS provided by volunteers using open source lists that are swapped around and I can audit and I can verify because all of the code is public. And I, and, and now if, if, if you have this feature and especially if it's turned on in Firefox and especially if you can't turn it off, what they're saying is, yeah, whatever DNS control you have, no, no, you have to trust Cloudflare or Google, which is a no, no, that that's a tall order. You know what? I don't have transparency into Cloudflare's operations. I can't download Google's source code and make sure that they're not fucking with me. The intriguing thing is it looks like Google has had this feature available to be turned on inside of Chrome, but their default, rather than picking a DNS server like Cloudflare, like Firefox is doing, their default was, is the service the person's using, do they have an HTTPS version if so, they default to the encrypted version on the DNS server you choose, which is a little bit better because you still have control. I don't know what happens if the one you're using doesn't have the ability to do that, but I, I don't see the DNS queries as being a huge deal from you to your ISP, if that's what you're using. I see it. this as being a bigger privacy invasion sending everything, even if it's encrypted, to Cloudflare, because Cloudflare still has to see what I'm asking for and give me the information. So it's not like it's hidden from Cloudflare. It's hidden in the interim between me and them, but you're basically giving Cloudflare a whole lot of data that is worth a whole lot of money. And that, to me, Firefox, this just seems like a really, really bad idea to force that. But with that said, let me just say, for most people, Using your ISP's DNS is probably fine. The only reason it's probably fine, yeah, yeah. The only reason I started using Open DNS, and they're one of the many ones out there that seem to be a pretty decent alternative to your ISP's version, was I'm old enough to remember Comcast having multiple outages that were nothing more than DNS outages, which means there was reports like, oh, yeah. hey, everybody's down, and it's like you put in your own DNS, you, you bypass their DNS. No, internet works fine. Oh, yeah. Co- common theme is whenever we describe some technology that is way more complicated than it needs to be, there's two main reasons why that shit can get into a situation you don't like. And the two main reasons are 
somebody is intentionally screwing with you or somebody is accidentally screwing with you because their shit falls apart. And, uh, you know, that's true with, with the DNS. That's true with data breaches and with privacy violations. And in every case, you know, if, if you, regardless of the motivations, you know, something will break and maybe you need to not rely a hundred percent on that. And as far as which DNS you should use, um, there's just really no horrible. I mean, maybe there are some horrible choices because you don't want to go to oh, yes. one you don't know who is running it. But, uh, you know, for me, when this all started, as far as choosing alternate DNSs, speed was also a big thing. And open DNS was always fast. They're another they're an open service. It's a free DNS service. Of course, you understand that by using them as your DNS provider, every query that you send, they're getting that information. But oh, sure. There, uh, Steve Gibson of uh, GRC.com has a little program that you can download that will query like 75 of the most common DNS servers and it will ping them all and it will tell you which one is the fastest for your location. And I did this test again this morning just to see. And sure enough, Open DNS was still the fastest for me. It's faster than the Google stuff, faster than the Cloudflare. And for what I'm using it for, absolutely fine as with everything having to do with connecting to the internet ultimately it comes down to who do you trust yes do you trust open dns do you trust cloudflare do you trust google do you trust your local wendy's and Uh, when it it comes down to this stuff too there are a couple of options too which i think people should understand uh, because some of these services offer both uh well some are filtered some are unfiltered and some offer both it sounds like coffee or cigarettes filtered and unfiltered but you can choose now this may be for people that have kids you're running a I network filter it, my coffee you can my have kidneys well we got to filter the coffee grounds out by using a filter and uh, you know you don't want to just again unless you're snorting the coffee grounds that'd be a quick way to get them but, but i, I want to call out jc jr actually pointed out one of the main reasons why i abandoned all forms of isp based dns and that is uh something that was never in the original dns uh protocol uh and that is when when a site doesn't resolve um the original dns protocol was you return an error there's no site here and a lot of companies uh they started this probably 15 20 years ago but a lot of companies will now if you search for you know uh grumpyoldbem.com then they will say there's no site named that but they won't return an error what they'll return is a web search from from yahoo from bing from uh you know some uh, from their proprietary alta vista something let us help um, you find what you're looking for and, and yeah what they'll do is they'll automatically web search for your typo domain and i don't want that if i typo the domain i want it to return an error because i want to what what i don't want is when I'm trying to go directly to a domain, I don't want to involve a search engine because that leaks personal data. And so a lot of DNS will will just automatically forward you and you don't get to opt out of this. You don't get to choose. There's no UI. You just if if you type a domain that doesn't exist, it's going to automatically forward you. And this also plays havoc with a lot of automated tools that do things like uh, try to ping domains to see if servers exist or uh, be like, oh, this server is down. So instead you get a search page. What the, my tool doesn't want to deal with a fucking search page. Hey, what you and your tool do is all up to you. But I and right now. Yeah, I'm with, not going to go there 
with the DNS, they're like you said, unfiltered, filtered, some offer both, which the unfiltered most dudes name Ben. That's probably what you're looking for is because you don't want your DNS to be telling you what you can and cannot go to. And I'm not sure how uh, I'm not sure how Xfinity does it. I've never really looked as far as it when it comes down to things like the site you mentioned, the Pirate Bay. When I try to load it up on Xfinity going directly through, you know, it actually I'm not using their DNS service. So they actually have to be blocking the IP address because when I go even using open DNS, I just get nothing going through a VPN at work. So they're not they're not monkeying with the DNS there, but some of these places do. No, they they'll do they'll they'll do the DNS query once and go. This is what the IP is. We'll just block that. And That's that makes sense. Table. So you don't have I'm, much control over that other than use a VPN. Right, using a VPN seems to be the choice there. Uh, but if you have kids and you want to do something to try to keep, because there are some of these services that will go out and try to you know block porn and all that other kind of stuff. So if you have kids and you don't want this stuff to be showing up, I mean it's not it's a band aid. It's not something that's going to be 100% or probably even 50% uh, uh, accurate when it comes down to these things. But there are services that will try to block the bad websites, depending on how you define bad. And that's another use for DNS. I, I don't have a problem with that as long as people know what they're signing up for. And there are uses for having limited DNS. And so you can choose if you want it unfiltered, you want it filtered. And set up with something you choose, set up a DNS server that is fairly quick because that's horrible when you have to wait for things. I mean, come on. I mean, we want things instantaneously. But yeah, Firefox, this seems to me to be a bad idea to force everything to go through Cloudflare. And I'm curious how this is going to work once this actually hits Firefox, because DNS is a weird thing when it comes down to how it is uh, implemented in your system, meaning. For somebody like me, I have a pie hole. So I tell my system just to go to my pie hole and then the pie hole goes to open DNS. Now, if Firefox, I'm assuming just is going to bypass all of that. But I'm wondering, are they able to even bypass that if it's running through a VPN tunnel? Uh, if I use Firefox through a VPN tunnel, now, is it going to use the DNS server through the VPN, which is what Yes, and it's it's going to bypass Cloudflare. The, the, then. the VPN occur happens at the at the IP level, which is below DNS. Okay. So, yes, all your DNS traffic still goes all all DNS traffic still goes out over IP. Um, you know, HTTP is the application layer, and then you know TCP is the transport, and IP is it. it I I don't remember. I'm probably getting the layers wrong, but uh, yeah, I, IP is below that. All DNS goes over it. So if if you reroute that through say a VPN, it does. So at least that's safer. But f I mean, I think that's a horrible idea to uh, <clears throat> that. That is, in fact, one of the one of the concerns about uh, moving DNS over HTTPS is that you are moving your DNS queries into the application layer, uh, which does have some security concerns, because as we've discussed, you know, it, it, it's called the, the application layer. It's it's an app. Uh, what it really means is you are taking DNS lookups away from your operating system, which you probably trust, or at least you trust them more than any random program or application on your system, which now has the ability to do its own DNS lookups independent of the operating system. Right. Um, and, and why is that important? Well, I mean, if you, if you trust it, then you're probably fine, but there's a lot of places, especially uh, there's a lot of tools 
this is important for for dudes named Ben. Um, there's a lot of tools that are implemented at the operating system or at the router or, you know, in the, there's sometimes when that man in the middle is exactly what you want. For example, um, DNS over HTTPS. If, if it's in your browser, then your browser is now querying Cloudflare directly. Why do I not like that? Because it's skipping my pie hole, which means that it's querying, for example, all of the advertising and tracking domains that I block at my pie hole. Ooh. And, and the pie hole has no way of knowing. If you're a dude named Ben in charge of some kind of a company's internal network, you might have um, legitimate business reasons for wanting to rewrite or capture or block DNS. And uh, if, you're, if you install Firefox on the computers in your corporate network, then Firefox will start routing around all of your DNS tools in place and go directly out to the public internet rather than going through whatever IT management scheme you have. So this uh, is an interesting concept. So let me just put, let me put it this way. If Cloudflare wanted to, I mean, one, they're not going to block the ad domains that the pie hole is, but Cloudflare could actually take any ads and replace them with their own. This could be a very lucrative oh, deal for Cloudflare. Oh my God. There, there have been ISPs that have done exactly that, where they, they take... Well, I mean, they've they've done it by capturing the DNS because they're your ISP and they have the ability to do that. But they will take a well-known ad domain and rewrite it and redirect it to their own server, which serves their ads instead. And most people don't notice right. this has happened. It happened. It was this big story about four years ago uh, where people won't have any idea that all the ads on the Web page are actually coming from your ISP's custom server rather than coming from the server that the web page has why why is that a concern well because now the isp is getting the ad revenue instead of the web page so uh, the web page is behaving as though you were ad blocking but you're still seeing ads that's genius and also it, a really bad thing it is it's also unscrupulous <laughs> you think uh yeah you have to trust your isp and, and, and or both both of those i'm okay with because unscrupulous when it comes to ads is very relative but more importantly it's taking my choice away as to what i see because when i go to a website i expect to see the content that the website sent me and this is my isp stepping in and rewriting packets and like i've said earlier in the show stop fucking with my packets and jc jr's pointing out that's harder to do with the protocols that are being used but yeah. it's it's definitely something that's to talk it, about because it could happen and it, it was a scandal that popped up four or five years ago which was about the time that dns sex started really spreading and, and rightfully so. And so, I mean, it, it all comes down to who you trust. Firefox forcing you to take this HTTPS DNS through Cloudflare. It just, it seems scammy to me. And it seems weird that there's all these stories on all these tech sites saying this has been implemented. But as of yet, it's not in my version. So, I, and I don't see anything like, oh, they pulled this back because there was an issue with it. So, We'll but you're not along. you're not doing this show on Firefox right now because now that you're saying this, you're tempting an update. <laughs> you know, I'm tempting the update, but no, I don't. I pull in for the audio portion of what we're pulling you in now, since we're in, we're using a uh, clean feed. I can't say cleanfeed.net. That is going through uh, Chrome, your favorite web browser, just because you know I want clean Chrome. Although it seems to work through Chromium and and the others. Uh, Firefox, really, the only thing I use Firefox for 
is to pull up the Motu interface so I can make your voice sound absolutely fantastic and for some uh, for some piracy stuff. Otherwise, I've been using Brave and I've been, been pretty happy as the daily driver with Brave. You know, it's a real dude named Ben who's got three browsers up <laughs> at one time for the show. Yeah. And I, I mean, I do have what Vivaldi that's down there. I use for some things. I have Pale Moon. I've got uh, I mean, even every now and then I have to pull up Edge because some things just don't work in anything else. And of course, then there's Opera. And uh, OK, if 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 something's not working and Edge is your solution, you are in it deep. <laughs> I know, but it's happened with one. And although it was then repaired but our local grocery store for the pharmacy to be able to reorder stuff for some reason nothing else would log in except edge i mean i go through this all the time with sites where it's like okay let me is it this is the pie hole is the pie hole screwing it up and sometimes it is but rarely and then you go down to is it an antivirus blocking something my bank was like that for a while too which is sad that it wouldn't couldn't log into the bank it would just kept going in a loop on firefox and on chrome but edge work but it was also fixed so uh, there was a dude named ben writing scripts for uh for these things that screwed things up and you never know why one of these protocols this is where you're really running into uh you know the wild west again with a lot of this stuff is that they're really getting things that are uh, very browser centric like this clean feed system we're using for the voice over ip you know you can't use edge you can't use firefox it only works in chrome i don't know exactly why or what's so special about chrome and how it works but well, i i would like to report that it does seem to be working in chromium because uh we can hear you. as i mentioned on the post show if it was actually chrome only and in order to use it required me to install the full google version of chrome that would be a non-starter which is understandable you get the one that you don't have all the phoning home stuff, but it's it's weird yeah. when things so I'm, just I'm, don't work. It, it seems to be working in the the Chromium that I use, which is it, it's Chrome. It's it's latest Chrome, but with all of the Google stuff stripped out and in a bunch of places where like there's, you know, because there's so many places in the code base where uh, there's just some Google site or URL that's hard coded and the thing is going to be phoning home and there's no config to change it or anything. And so uh, this this particular project goes through and wires all of those URLs to nothing and takes the Google DNS and says, oh, well, OK, if you need to ping 0.0.0, it'll tell Google everything they need to know about you. But we're talking about a little bit about the VPNs when it comes down to this DNS. We stuff. always talk about VPNs. This is the, the Darren VPN show. I do, but I don't want to talk about NordVPN this time. I want to talk about a VPN protocol, which is the new Svelte uh, protocol called WireGuard, something that uh, I think Nord uses it, but you, it's only on Linux right now, which is where this kind of was based out of. Um, and with all of this, I, I want to mention, too, and if anybody has a better site, uh, feel free to let me know. The best one I found so far is IPLeak, IP, the, I, the letters, uh, L-E-A-K dot net. And this will tell you what it's seeing it, your current uh, IP for it's a pee I, leak. Yes. IP. Is this a, like it? it's had too much coffee and had to of. step away during the podcast? Right. I, yeah, exactly. P leak. You know, Internet okay. Protocol IP leak.net. And it'll tell you what you're what they're seeing your current IPv4, IPv6 addresses. It'll also tell you what it sees your DNS servers as. So if you're testing things 
like what DNS server is my browser now forcing me to use that I don't want to use, this will give you a rundown and all of this kind of stuff. But I gave Mulvad another try because I saw they were implementing WireGuard with their Windows app. Although, to be fair, it wasn't without uh, some rocky road to get it to work because for some reason, the Mulvad app itself will not log in through their WireGuard servers. Okay. I believe... I, I just- I just I just tried the IP leak. I need to I need to give a, a report on what I see. Yes, and that is that it is showing my IP address, uh, and then it is showing uh, web RTC detection error, DNS address detection error, torrent address detection error, geolocation error, <laughs> and then at nowhere. the bottom it says JavaScript is required for testing all of these things. And I'm like, yeah, you know what else JavaScript is required for? Compromising my computer through all these things. Yeah, but compromising is good for some reason. All I'm saying is that if if a site that is intentionally trying to invade my computer is getting errors, trying to get all of my data, then maybe not running JavaScript. Maybe there's something to this, but go on. I'm sorry. But maybe those tools are still important and you need to run some kind of script to run the tools. But I know you're scared. Lies. You're scared of every site. Uh, for some reason, the Mulvad desktop app, if I don't have IPv6 on, <laughs> doesn't want to work, which is just weird in its uh, when it's in its entirety, because uh, as we talked about in one of the previous did, episodes, did you say IPv6 app? is bad. And in my router, I turn IPv6 off. I'm an IPv4 kind of guy. You know, JCD likes to be off the grid or, you know, an OCD kind of guy. Is, I'm an IPv4 kind of guy. You, wait, you installed an app. And the app isn't working because of some system configuration that's been around for years. And you decide to blame the configuration. I you, think you're you, missing you out. You lost me. You installed an app. It's the app for the VPN on the desktop. Oh, you can't just, you know, use a website for that. You really are clueless. Welcome to Sir Bemrose <laughs> knows nothing about VPNs on grumpyoldbens.com. Well, it turns out the WireGuard, the protocol, this is all open source. So you should be fully fine with this. <laughs> The program you download from them to run on your Windows system, it's all open source. You should like that. And that connects absolutely fine to the Nord, uh, the, uh, you won't keep wanting to say Nord, the Mulvad VPN WireGuard servers. Now, it's an interesting thing because there's different keys that they will, uh, that they will generate for this to use. And I mean, overall, WireGuard is supposedly, you know, VPN. 2.0. It is supposedly more secure. They tout it as being much faster speeds, much lower CPU usage. And this I am finding to be true because the same servers in the same areas for Mulvad, if I'm running it through the old protocol, which is OpenVPN, I can pull down about 100 megabits per second, which isn't horrible, but it's not spectacular. When I uh, went through the WireGuard, I was getting, for the right servers, I mean, if you were going around the world, it's slowing down, but for the Chicago WireGuard servers, I was pulling down 300 to 350 megabits per second. So it's like three times the speed of the old protocol. And I, I, can, I figured out why the, the existing code, they said, for like the open VPN was um how many lines was it? i thought this was absolutely 
fantastic when you want to talk about tech stuff getting better where this is actually um the same thing doing the same job in a much more svelte way as a coder i mean we've talked about that in the past somebody could do something in a hundred lines if you can do it in one that's genius well the old open vpn was 400 to 600,000 lines of code the code for yeah, wireguard I, I just want to mention the lines thing uh it depends entirely on what that line thing does especially in higher level languages like uh you know 100 lines of c will operate a hell of a lot faster than say one line of python yes understandable but it's still making a generalization that you're going from open vpn and ipsec which 400 to 600,000 lines of code you know how many lines of code wireguard is uh about tree fitty 4000 400,000 down to 4000 <laughs> i mean uh, uh i can see why it's faster and jc junior my connection will do without a vpn on a really good day 960 on an average day probably somewhere around the 650 to 750 is about average it's a gigabit connection but i mean we all know uh what you really get but this is a minuscule program minimal amount of code compared to the open vpn down to wireguard which i guess it makes a lot of sense there's a couple of things i noticed one is the open vpn to connect usually it's 20 to 30 seconds or so for it to connect and everything to start working with wireguard it's about a second or two so it's it's uh it's built to be much more lightweight it's built to be more secure it's built to not have your vpn connections constantly dropping which would be a bad thing if you're doing the uh you know piracy or anything like that so it's uh it's definitely a step forward and if you know again choosing a vpn like choosing a dns you need to choose something that you can rely on and that you trust them with your information because you're running all of your data through them but with this wireguard i would think it's going to get easier and easier to implement this on a home router and run everything through it without your speeds going down to to zero you know I, i'm much i don't know 350 gig or 350 mbps i don't know i think that might be an okay trade-off on a gigabit connection to uh to have everything encrypted i don't know there's still something to be said for the disconnect everything and go live in a cabin in the woods method of privacy and what are you going to do that but that's how do you know i haven't because There's i'm talking to you right me. now and you have an internet connection and electricity i'm just in your head this is, is that what this is this is insanity this is what insanity <laughs> feels like yes and the motu is so effective that it's able to record the voices in your head and send them out on the stream am i even doing a show is there a stream i don't know now we should just start a cult i think this might be that that was okay larry blinder of that larry show just did an episode we both have listened to it i know uh where he talks about these a bunch of these cult leaders and he's like well all you need to start a cult is to be able to uh, be comfortable with public speaking and what was it like get a uh, you know maybe a, a lame robe yeah. or you know <laughs> so 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 first of all that means that we're not going to see any millennial cult leaders so we're good there true that is a good sign because they don't like to speak yeah. in public yeah here here we are two old people totally stereotyping but yeah uh 
There, there's a whole speaking in public thing that we're just not teaching our younger generations anymore, which means that there are a few people who will become cult leaders, by the way, who are learning on their own how to interact with humans. But for the most part, yeah, we're, we're teaching people to only interact online. And the cult leaders are going to get way more tail. Come to think of it, that's what I'm doing. Shit. Yeah. I mean, really, when but Larry yes. was talking about the cult leaders and having a magnanimous personality and getting people to follow you, I'm like, well, I mean, Larry listening. was talking mostly about religious cults yes. and things like, you know, the the Branch Davidians and the the, you know, Suwami, Suwami and and the so the Bernie supporters. But um, I think that the the much more interesting ones and the ones that we don't usually acknowledge for as cults are are the uh the technology whenever somebody says cult the th- first thing i think of is is tech enthusiasts you think steve uh, jobs in a black sweater oh that that dude that was one charismatic dude and he was absolutely a cult leader of a huge cult that made a lot of money off of its adherents that said hey we have hardware that's pretty good so if you'll pay us like three times the market value that'd be cool yeah yeah and and then you know because of the pure charisma and uh, okay i i will give them that apple especially jobs when he was there micromanaging the schedules of every single person in the company um they came up with some really nice design the the physical handling the the physicality of their hardware is good um, the usability of their hardware was still shit, but was leaps and bounds ahead of their competitor. Um, uh, I, I, how do I know? Because I was working for their competitor at the time. Right. Uh, and, and, and trust me, uh, you know, whatever complaints I had about Apple's usability, and I had plenty of them, Microsoft was a hundred times worse because nobody at Microsoft understood the concept of design. Apple did some really good design with their products. And then they they use that to get religious adherents who would buy their products no matter what they did, even if they shat in a box, as long as the unboxing experience was beautiful and lovely and had a bunch of folding pieces of cardboard, then they would proudly take a video of that unboxing with a giant turd in the middle of it and post it on Insta or wherever. And they got away with a whole bunch of shit that just should not fly in terms of uh, of uh you know their their vendor lock-in um their uh their attempts and to block reverse engineering and even sue anybody who tried to figure out how it worked or or god forbid repair it um you know their their method of saying you know there is only one way to do things and if if you don't want to use the product exactly the way we envisioned then you're wrong and and that absolutely showed up in the product you know in windows to a fault windows had six ways to do every single thing so you could do it through the command line you could do it through the control panel you could do it through the new control panel the you know the half-assed new one um you could do it through the registry there were uh, apple it was you know there's one way to do it and uh you know when in windows it was like if i want to do this thing and one none of the six ways does it then obviously windows needs a seventh way and in Apple, if I want to do this thing and they haven't uh, in in if they haven't come up with a way to do it and and put into the system how to do it, which, by the way, for everything that they thought you would ever want to do, it was easy. It was beautiful. It was simple. 
And for 80% of the things you would ever want to do, Apple already anticipated your needs and made them smooth and just a joy to do. And for the other 20%, fuck you, you don't need to do that. We didn't think of it, therefore you shouldn't have to, you shouldn't want to do, you know, you're you're using it or you're holding your phone wrong. But they had such pretty interfaces. Yeah. Well, and like I said, if if you didn't hold your phone, if you if you held your phone exactly the way Jobs did and you used your computer exactly the way Jobs envisioned you would and you only wanted to do the things that Apple wanted you to do, then it was really good hardware. I say was like the company is over. Theoretically, the company still exists. They're just you know, about 60% of their way through a transition into a giant whale of a corporation that just makes cheap consumer products like everyone else. Well, and they're gone to cell phones as being the major business rather than computers. And people can make the argument that that's the way society is going, that nobody will have a computer in five years. It'll all be tablets and phones. And I don't necessarily believe with that. Well, a lot of people have those. Sure. But I think people still need, if you're creating content, doing video editing and stuff like that, I doubt you're doing it on an iPad, although it depends. If they keep beefing up the CPUs and that, maybe it'll uh, it'll become a thing. But Apple has gone, it's interesting because they used to be such a uh, exclusive company where everything had to be bought through the Apple store. I really thought it kind of was a- yeah, it, at a 30% markup. Right. And I, you know, I, I kind if, of thought if you want an app, if you if you engage in commerce and you want an app in the app store, which of course everybody had to because it was the only way to get anything onto those phones, then goddamn it, give us thirty percent of your commerce. I'm sorry, governments aren't that fucking greedy, but <laughs> well, it's worse be. because it's oh, you have the uh, all of these streaming services, and I see why most of them have jumped ship. I believe this just happened with Disney, although I mean. You're talking to behemoths that nobody should really give a crap about. But if we had the grumpy old Ben's subscription model, and let's say grumpy old Ben's was charging people 10 bucks a month. Well, if you sold that $10 subscription through your app on the iPhone or iPad, Apple wants three bucks a month of that subscription. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, And more than that, if you sell it on your website, but you just have an app in it, they will pull your app out of the store unless you give them so money that you collected outside the app and just connected to a subscription. They'd be like, yeah, well, we need 30% of that. Yeah, if you want to use our great hardware. I have to admit, I don't actually know what Apple's policy was on donations, but it wouldn't surprise me if we just ask for the value for value model in Grumpy Old Ben's app that, that won't be written, but... um. Would they take 30% of that? Probably. I mean, that's, they want their cash. But I thought the whole exclusive nature of the Apple hardware really took a hit when you could walk into now a Target, a Best Buy, hell, even Costco, and buy Apple laptops, buy Apple iPhones, buy Apple iPads. I mean, I really think that took a big hit from the. Oh, yeah, they were they were one of the first to pioneer the the vendor specific store. They're like, yeah, we're we're one company. We only sell Apple products here, and that's all you can get. Right. Was, if you want them, you come thing. to us. And the the lines for the iPhones, whenever a new phone came out or a new fucking iPad or Mac or whatever, the lines. And of course, we got to hear all about them because uh, most of the Silicon Valley tech press, who all 
use Apple as their personal laptops and gear, uh, were, were the ones standing in those lines and blogging and tweeting from them. And you see, I mean, Larry mentioned the term fanboy in his episode on cults, and you should go listen to that, that LarryShow.com. And I think, you know, dudes named Ben are a little bit above that. I mean, I know that I've run into people in the troll room that use a variety yeah. of different products, including Apple stuff, but they're not like, oh, Apple's the best and everything else sucks. It's like, well, no, everything it's, has a use. It's the distinction I've made several times on this show, which is the the difference between a technology enthusiast and a technology professional. Uh, the person who uses whose whose interaction with technology is you have to go out and buy the newest thing and use it every single day until the next new thing comes along and then you put it in a drawer and and archive it like Dvorak. Uh, that is is one method of interacting. But if you actually have to make the thing function for the purpose of of creating a business value or or getting work done then that's a whole different means of interacting with it. And and you're not a tech enthusiast at that point, because at some point you're going to sit there and you're going to run into the the rough spots and the, the workarounds and the things you have to do. And then you're like, yeah, it's a tool just like any other. And it may work better, or it may work worse, but at some point you're not going to be worshiping that little piece of plastic because you're going to be sitting there swearing at it half the time whenever something doesn't work the way you need it to. Yeah, it's interesting when you have the Apple fanboys who will tell you Windows sucks and they would never look at it or the other way around because that just shows an ignorance of understanding the world because Apple for a while, as we talked about, used to be touted as, hey, we don't have any viruses. Well, that changed pretty quick. And, you know, yeah, Linux that was the only same true way. when nobody was using it. Right. When your market share was like four or five percent, you're pretty safe because nobody's looking to to go sure. after you. Because if I'm going to go write a virus, if, if I'm going to go write a virus that infects, you know, it only particular types of people, then am I going to choose the the British, of which there are only 50 million, or I'm going to choose the Americans, which there are only 300 million, or I'm going to choose the Chinese, where there's one and a half billion. I mean, if you want to infect the most, wait, wrong kind of virus, I'm sorry. Okay. Right. That was the coronavirus. Uh, but people have to be aware of the um, being targets when you have whatever operating system things change some of these systems are better for some things some of them are better for others um, and one of my favorite retorts way back in the day to the apple fanboys I like is, a good apple tort back in the day apple fanboy be like macs are perfect at everything you know you, you you met those those kind of people they existed they were retarded but they existed and one of my favorite retort you know they'd be like tell me one thing that you can do on the pc that i can't do on my mac and i'm like right click <laughs> Oh, why are you being a hater? Um, it's it's what I do. Marquez, I Marquez Brownlee, who is one of the biggest tech uh, testers, you know, re YouTube personalities, been around doing YouTube videos since he was like 12 or 13 years old. He's in his 20s now. Uh, he's one of the few guys that I actually trust. He uses a lot of Apple products, but he also re reviews all these Android phones and all this tech stuff. I mean, he was big enough to where Tesla, like let him have a car for a few months so he could do a review. I mean, that's, he's got real people watching millions and you know, he's a guy that does all this recording and stuff in the Apple and he has Mac pros. Well, he had a video the other day of the new Mac pro with the, wheels option because i mean it's a big heavy computer 
So, I mean, if you're moving it around your office, I mean, you could order wheels from Apple on your Mac Pro because it's a heavy sure. son of a bitch. Well, I, I was in a lab at Microsoft where all of the server wrecks were had their own dolly that was just permanently attached. That is awesome. So you got to move these things around. Well, the problem here is Apple didn't decide to spend the extra. What would it cost? Maybe 50 cents to have locking wheels. And there was a video on a flat floor. I don't know why or how this worked, but they let the computer, you know, somebody was holding the computer. They let it go and it just started moving down the, the floor. It's like, they're like, do not put this on your desk if you have wheels. Yeah. Well, I, I take the fucking wheels off if it's going to be on a desk. I'm, it, this is not that complicated. No, but, but the fact that it moves any, and these things has, start okay. at like $10,000, these new Mac Pro, that's like yeah. the starting point, like ten grand. I mean, any the, the Coriolis and centrifugal forces being what they are, anything that has spinning parts like a fan or a hard drive is ultimately going to be putting some kind of, of stresses on it. And yes. if you have zero friction whatsoever holding it in place, yeah, you're going to move around a little. Those fans kind of remind you of the big blade on those old airplanes. <laughs> it's like they start spinning, things start yeah. moving. Huh. Well, I don't want to. I don't. You know, I don't want to stick my hand in that either. No, I would hope not. I mean, anybody who's ever played with a gyroscope can figure out that if you got something that's permanently spinning, then you know it. It might start moving because you're putting energy in, and that energy gets redirected. That's it's physics. Yes, it's not a lie. I mean, Coriolis forces are a real thing here on Earth. It's not a lot. It's not strong, uh, but it is, for example, the force that gives a hurricane its spin and hurricanes are nothing to, to ignore. I mean, they're a thing. Yeah, they could spread coronavirus. Yeah, they could spread Corona too. people like <laughs> out there drinking beer, sitting on the beach going, hey, storm surge me, bitch. And I blame your wife from a, uh, a Facebook post too, but don't let her know that <laughs> she listens. Oh, well, no, she doesn't listen to the show. You're safe. Um, she Facebook posted the Paps they, they, Blue I blame her ribbon. for Facebook posting, too. Yeah. I mean, and, and then she people like me see the posts. She posted a picture of a little four pack of Paps Blue Ribbon hard coffee edition. And yeah, I, that and I went. I, I'm sorry. My brain sprung a leak when I read that label. Yeah, mine, too. But since I saw that on the Internet and your wife said, eh, it's, it's not bad, I decided I'll spend that the nine is. bucks. <laughs> And we bought a four pack. Yeah, spoiler alert. It is. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's weird. I mean, it's really it's it's not beer. It's no, it, it, it to be honest, the it, well, it's low alcohol and you can 5%. hardly taste the alcohol. No, yeah, you can't taste okay, it at all. It, you can't taste the alcohol because what it tastes like is uh, like a cold, the, the cold brew Starbucks in a can, like the the thing that's it's supposed to be coffee, but really it's like a eight ounces of diabetes well it is very it, sweet yeah it's it's sugar a crap load of sugar and milk and a little bit of coffee it tastes like a the kind of of cold coffee super sweet death that you would get at starbucks with just the slightest hint of of bad beer <laughs> yeah, i didn't get beer at all what i got was yoohoo with a little carbonation which isn't necessarily bad i mean but it's not something that i'd go wow this is the best thing ever it's weird because they're not even selling it as 
a chocolate flavored beverage. I mean, I, if this would have been like Pabst Blue Ribbon Mocha Frappuccino version, I would have got it because I'm just thinking, well, coffee, you know, hard coffee version of Pabst Blue Ribbon. I was thinking, yes, it was going to taste like beer with a little bit of a of a coffee taste to it. But no, there's no beer taste at all. It's all chocolate with a hint of coffee. And what's weird is that it's 5% alcohol by volume, which isn't huge, yeah, of course. Which actually, I mean, that's not huge, but it's a lot more than I expected. Yeah. And, and it's also, you can't taste it at all. And it's right. Well, you, you cannot taste it at all. And it's got 30 milligrams of caffeine. So it's basically, you get a yeah. little jolt from the caffeine and you come down a little bit with the alcohol. It and keeps not, you not, level. Not enough. I, I drink three cups of coffee a day, 30 milligrams. So it doesn't even register on my meter. Right. But it's like, they kind of, they kind of put this together it's to the, be, it's, it's going to get you up grams of, and get you down just at the same level. So you're just, you're just fine. You're going to get a little what caffeine. What gets you up though is the 300 grams of sugar that they put in there. <laughs> yeah. That is there, is there 300 grams of sugar. I know it's sweet. I, I didn't no look idea. at the, uh, I have no idea. All I know is it's very sweet. Yeah, it is. It was way sweeter than I figured it would be. But I think everybody should try it. I mean, I'm not a Pabst Blue Ribbon salesman. This isn't a paid ad, but it's weird. And I, it's weird in a way that I think everybody should try it because it's weird. But it's okay. I'm just thinking I, I, I expected a, a hard coffee mocha to come from someone like Starbucks or Tully's or or, or somebody who makes coffee. Right. Well, I, mean, I never expected that from PBR. I know. Was there a meeting somewhere? Was somebody drink? Was it kind of like a, you got your chocolate and my peanut butter? There was somebody yeah, at a I, meeting at Paps <laughs> drinking coffee and it's like, oh, spilled and, it in and, some beer. And what, what's weird about it, and it, because it, especially after you know the one, the one Super Bowl commercial where Bud Light said, hey, we're making a seltzer water. And I noticed that in the two weeks or three weeks since then, every fucking brewer in existence is now coming out with a hard seltzer. It's it just like a third of an aisle is suddenly all hard seltzer at the supermarket. Everyone has a hard seltzer now. Well, and they're so trying to stay relevant. See. Well, it's yeah, weird. It, well, because I saw like liver disease is way up. And I also saw millennials don't like to drink. So I don't know what's going on. Uh, the, the millennials I know like to drink. That's uh, there. There probably are some. But what I am seeing, though, is, you know, with, especially with the the carbs craze and you know people having to go low carb and having to make sure that they they kill keto and keep your you know i don't know if i wanted to eat atkins i'd fucking dig him up but um you're a sick it, puppy <laughs> there are a lot of people who will not drink beer because it's grain in a cup and it is it's very high calorie and those calories are all carbs and um, you know, you don't have to look very far, just, you know, some middle-aged dude with a beer gut who drinks every day. And you're like, yeah, okay. That, that has, that has a lot of carbs in it, a lot of calories. And Hence, so PBR, hard seltzer hard is a coffee. lower calorie method of that. Yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, I just tried out for the first time since our buddy, uh, Jay Finley, who's the executive producer on the show today, uh, suggested the Spindrift brand of carbonated waters which are flavored through like fruit extracts and uh i have to admit pretty decent for uh for for a beverage yeah. that is like 10 calories in a can rather than you know 160 in the same size for a normal some some of those are they're pretty decent i think my favorite hard seltzer at least you know before i haven't tried the 75 new versions that came out on the, the grocery store shelves recently but uh for a while my favorite was called soundcraft 
Um, and the, the best way to drink that I found was to mix it with vodka. Okay. Was it a hard seltzer? <laughs> Did you say yeah, like it's already, a seltzer. it already had alcohol in it? Yeah. And then you mixed or, or it with white, vodka. You know, yeah. Have a, or a white claw and vodka. Yeah. Well, you know, you could buy a machine that would just add CO2 to the vodka. You didn't but, think but of that, did you? The, it doesn't add the, the homeopathic flavor. Oh, yeah. The, the one part per 10 million of, of flavor molecules, the, you know, the one molecule of strawberry or raspberry flavor that makes it all so good. It makes it mm, mm, go try it and try to stay healthy. Everybody coming out. It, it is weird. The, when you see some of these brands, like you said, totally going in a different direction but i guess i mean they've got to stay somewhat viable as the market changes actually fletcher just came up with a novel way of drinking it which i think is definitely something a lot of people need to try which is to pour them down the drain but then you just don't buy them in the first place well this assumes that you buy it i mean with any tell you that with any liquid it goes down the drain eventually um the absolute worst alcoholic thing that i have ever put in my mouth willingly only did willingly once was when uh have you ever heard of bud light lime i have heard of it no yes yeah I not 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 it, it was not lime it was it was like a bud light margarita or something like that i've never heard of that lime i have they used to sell it at okay the ballpark. It, i don't it was one of those anyways it, it, when it first came out several years ago and i bought a half case on a whim because it was on super sale and I drank one of them and I'm like, I, I can't. And, and the case was around for six, eight months. Um, as I slowly found new people to visit my house, I'd be like, hey, you want to try something new? Here you go. <laughs> and nobody would ever drink one twice. The more you drink, the less we stink here on the Grumpy Old Ben's program. I don't know why I brought that up. This is 52 shows in. I'm not sure why you bring up 85% of the stuff you brought up on the show. But it's entertaining. Well, that, that makes two of us. <laughs> so if you don't know and I don't know, I mean, we know you have a list of things that you'd like to talk about, because as people no, know, I, I have a list of things that I researched. We got out of. Well, OK, isn't that are those two it's should be for, the same things. It's just for convenience that I'd like to talk about the things I researched. But then you keep bringing up VPNs. Well, I like VPNs and they're important for the safety of your data. The difference between data and data. One is my name and one is not. Um. But I know you had a Star Trek thing you wanted to talk about, some IoT, some school I, surveillance. I mean, where are we going here? Well, um, I, I can briefly bitch about updates. Okay, um, so I, none of those three you want to go with the fourth choice. Good. <laughs> well, I, I had to. Um, no, I, uh, I, 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 I play video games. I don't know if you knew this or not. I've heard that. Um, occasionally. But because, of course, I'm grumpy and I don't like new things, uh, you know, the video game I've been playing most recently is from 2012. It's called Borderlands 2. Um, I'm, I'm a, generally a big fan of the Borderlands franchise. When the first one came out, I actually, it, it didn't come out to all that much hype because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a big name franchise. And of course, the, you know, it, it, Hollywood games industry, they all really, really, really favor the seventh installation in uh, an existing series because they know whether or not it'll make money. And they generally run away from new IP. But when the first one came out, I lo- I saw the first review of it and went, this is actually going to be really good. And I loved the first Borderlands game. And then the second one improved on it was even better. The third one is, I, I wouldn't actually use the term steaming pile of shit. Uh, but you just because did. there are some, I, I wouldn't use that. But there are some things, it, it's, it's not being received all that well. 
we've gone back and uh because the other thing that i like to do uh with a game is uh, because i'm a coder because i'm a hacker and because i like fucking with my stuff um you know i'm the guy ki- i'm the kind of guy that when i got a new toy when i was a little kid the first thing i do is take it apart see how it worked try to put it back together in more interesting ways usually i broke it but at least with software you can restore from backup so, so is that what you're trying to do games. to bemlet it, it almost worked so i have been playing borderlands 2 modded a lot and the, the that by the way that is the key to getting a lot of of use out of an older game is that when you've done everything that you can in the base game you go ahead and open up the code and start changing shit so you get a new game and then you play it again and that's that's how i enjoy games from 2012 well gearbox the company that does the borderlands series released an update to borderlands 2 nice. an update which i would point out that nobody asked for nobody not a single person there was no benefit what did this update have well it native ads as a matter of fact really so uh the two quote-unquote features and the the main reasons for the update as far as i can tell um first of all uh i think one of the reasons that borderlands 3 was not received well is because they took a lot of money from epic games to release borderlands 3 in the epic Games store only and if you know anything about gaming on pc by far and above the biggest platform for any kind of gaming on the pc is steam right and so if you snub steam you do so at your own risk and i think that that's one of the main reasons why borderlands 3 did not do all that well on pcs is because they snubbed steam well they were I think that they finally started relenting because Borderlands 3 is going to come out on Steam, but one of the things that they realized very quickly was that when you use a gaming platform like Steam or Epic, um, you want to play multiplayer. Uh, the platforms don't talk to each other because, of course, the, if, if you are making a platform, what, what incentive do you have to make your players work with someone else's platform? No, you want... You want to make it so the only people you can play with are on your platform so that if somebody buys the game on your platform and they want to play with their friends, all their friends have to buy the game too. look more sales. Makes Yay, sense. Agreed. <laughs> so one of the features, and this may or may not be useful, but it's certainly not useful to me or anybody who plays single player or anybody who's already um, played is they went in and added something so that now th- they gearbox have their own login. And so you have to create a brand new account. You're not allowed. Um, you first boot the thing up and it's like, if you want to play online, you have to create an account with this new system. And the whole reason is so that they can have cross play between the Epic store and the steam store in a, in a seven year old game, eight year old game. I don't know why that's necessary, but apparently it's a thing that they want to do. So that was one of the features they added. Um, you know, cause everybody, and, and oh, and then of course, you know, you first log in and it gives you three pages of pop-ups that you can't skip through without scrolling all the way, which tell you all of the benefits to signing up with this new account. And I'm like, you didn't give me a choice. Why are you trying to sell it to me? But a feature that as far as I can tell this, this is that on the main menu, there is now a banner ad that's nice. probably 150 pixels high that says click here to buy borderlands 3 if you have to go into your last generation game given an update to put a banner ad in that tells people that they need to buy the newer one then you fucked up when you made the newer game i would go along with that yeah i mean that's you're coming out of 10 years 
and then changing like oh you need a new login and here are ads that's uh yeah yeah so the front page. and then there were two other features as far as i can tell the only two other features that it seemed to add with this update is that one it fucked up everybody's video settings because they completely threw out your your screen resolution and and yeah your, your any file gone um so everybody the first thing that they noticed is that all of their settings are fucked up that that's a that's a great way to introduce people to your patch by the way big tip that i recommend for anybody putting together a software patch is make sure that the very first thing you do is fuck up everyone's configuration because that makes them really want more updates from you right that it makes them want the new game that'll work better and then finally what was the other quote-unquote feature that it did it broke all the mods oh so the stuff people have been working on for like eight years well Fortunately, the community has a lot more people who are very, very keen to break it than <laughs> the people who are probably working on this eight-year-old game at the company. And so it took all of 12 hours for somebody to come up with a new patch that you could do to hex edit the brand new binary that, that goes in and lets you put mods in. But So those are the four features. As far as I can tell, those are the only four changes that this update made that nobody asked for, but everybody got. It was a forced upgrade that I'm assuming you it, had it to a, do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Steam doesn't let you skip upgrades. And more importantly, uh, if you want to play any kind of multiplayer, all the matchmaking is done through Steam. Well, now now through Shift, which is their their single login for everything. But all the matchmaking is done through online servers, and they don't let you connect to the online servers without up, being fully up to date. So if if you want to play single player, you can disconnect your network when you play the game and then keep with the old one and it will fail to update. But if your network is ever on when you launch the game, then screw you. You get the update. Nice. The AI you knows what play you want. Yeah, so, the, your so yeah, this is this is the world we live in where now even eight year old games that you thought were were over and done. Uh, they're still reaching in and trying and with, you know, reaching in with software updates and fucking up your experience. Thanks, software. Yeah, I don't believe these companies are that smart when it comes down to a lot of this stuff, nor do I believe the companies are that smart when it comes to the AI. Now, I know you don't like the Amazon devices, although I know that your wife has one, so she must like them. We use it more or less. That's a sore point. To play a few, uh, you know, play music every now and then, although I have much better ways to play music. Uh, it's great for white noise when you're sleeping, and it's, it's a pretty decent alarm clock if you want something that's easy to set. But I don't get this. We have a weird schedule in my house. My wife works retail, and as such, her days off are not the weekend. So we set the Amazon device every night set an alarm i mean we're usually up beforehand but just in case so if you're not up the thing will wake you up what doesn't make 4 a.m did you just say 4 a.m no i mean, you know i said you know usually up before the time oh, okay you know i, I wasn't going to be like saying the name i was going to say I, i'm usually up when it's 4 a.m for you but i haven't gone to bed yet you know i mean you could do the thing i mean that's usually what you would do in grumpy old ben's right now is would be like alexa set alarm for 3 a.m now anybody that lets this play and uh when they're not paying attention to it they're going to I, do, I just heard my machine in the other room. Remind me, somebody, to uh, to turn the Alexa, cancel that alarm, uh, lest 3 a.m. will come. But so we set it for the dates. Uh, Alexa, play Grumpy Old Ben's at 3 a.m. 
that's even better. Instead of waking up to an alarm, and wake then, up to me or you. And then to make sure that I get everybody else's device. Uh, okay, Boomer, play Grumpy Old Ben's. Exactly. Everybody wants to play Grumpy Old Ben's. But we set the thing then. The only days we don't set alarms for are Tuesday and Wednesday. Those are her days off. Uh, and the other day, I was, uh, you know, maybe... Maybe it was uh, Thursday last night. Maybe I said, you know, set the alarm for 8 a.m. And the things like and this is this had asked me this once before. So I thought maybe, you know, it would get it. But I went to set the alarm the other night and it's like, would you like me to set this same alarm for every weekday? And it's like, no, asshole. You probably have, you know, a few hundred days of when we set the alarms and what day and we've never set them on Tuesday and Wednesday. Why are you asking if we want to set them on every weekday when we've never set alarms. So Amazon, you really need to work on your AI if you're going to make this stuff useful. And it's just a series of if statements. You know that. Yeah. Which, I mean, it makes Alexa, sense. But set an alarm for 3.30 every day. Like, thank you. But AM Did or PM. That one? Yeah. I, 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 my machine can't hear you. You're in my oh. headphones and you're not <laughs> even mean, real, I've been told. Yeah. Well, I... I mean, some people are still dumb enough to play this thing out loud or play podcasts out loud when you am I the only one who got really, really sick of all of the mainstream podcasts, especially the tech podcasts who suddenly started self-censoring and trying to avoid the trigger words because people were writing in and complaining that that they played their podcast out loud next to the stupid listening device and it, it would start responding to their words. And I'm like, stop self-censoring. You need to train these people not to listen when that stuff. It, it, yeah. Well, which is why when the television ads started using that, that had to be stopped quickly. So there's a way for these devices to go. Oh, if if Ford Motor yeah, Company is going to say devices could get a little smarter. Right. And go, oh, wait, this is actually the thing we've heard nope. from. If it, if you hear the same exact command and the same exact voice on a thousand machines at the same time, you probably don't want to follow yeah. it. Although I let me back up a little. I'm not sure we should be trying to encourage these things to evolve. <laughs> Maybe you're right. You're right about that, because, I mean, then things may happen like pets may not get fed. Yes, that that was the one IOT story that. Yeah. Ni nice segue, by the way. And I'm going to ruin it by highlighting it. That was good. Thank you. Uh, the, the one IOT story I had this week, which is just a pile on from the one we had uh, what, last week, two weeks ago. I, all, all the days run into each other. Um, is is there was an an automatic internet connected pet feeder called PetNet, uh, which was uh, automated food. Automated pet feeders have been around for a long time. All you really need is a timer, a relay, and a valve, and it will, you know, pop open and drop food into a tray at a certain time of day, over and over again. So, what do you get about making this connected? Well, obviously you get an app. Ooh. So now you can set the timer without being anywhere near your pet food. Now, as far as I'm aware, I, I don't know that the app solved the problem of having to go near the pet dish in order to fill it. But apparently that, I mean, I, I can't imagine what else you get out of an app, but, but it's an app and it's connected to an online database. And that of course gives millennials a chubby or at least the, the tech enthusiasts. Well, I one shouldn't of these be stereotyping all young people because a lot of them, 
are perfectly sane people. Do you know if the feeder has a camera so you can see if your pet's like right up at the feeder oh, wanting certain, some? I'm certain it's violating your pet's privacy. Well, then that way you could be at work and you'll get a little alert that your, you know, your pet came up to the feeder. So you can then look in, you can look at your pet, you could say I, hi maybe. and you could like give it a treat remotely. Have, have they managed? What I want to know from all of these automated pet companies is, is have they managed an automated way of completely fucking ignoring your pet and never giving it any kind of personal attention? I don't think that the pet is feeling all partic particularly fulfilled or loved by this automated database with an app. I mean, is the pet using the app? Is the pet playing Pokemon while you're away and totally ignoring it because you've got all these devices to feed the stupid thing? How about you spend some time with your pets? It's kind of like your kids. A lot of people think their pets are their kids. And you know what? All of this technology that takes the place of parenting or of being a, a pet owner is not really all that good because you're kind of losing the human touch. AI is improving, but they haven't come up with a series of if statements yet that can actually make somebody feel like they're loved. You know, some parents are using the pet feeders for their kids, right? I I know that some people think their pets are their kids, so I, some confusion is inevitable, I think. <laughs> so, uh, PetNet had a smart pet feeder, um, which I, I don't know what the reason is. The, the company hasn't particularly said why, but they went down and completely offline for a week. Their database was offline. Their app couldn't connect. Uh, and their support page and Twitter were complete their website was actually gone it was returning errors and you know no response from their twitter or anything else it, as far as i know uh you know the the 22 year old who developed this app in his basement probably went on vacation for a week and forgot to set forwarding or something i don't know but it went completely offline now the one credit i will give to this particular app is that your timers would still run in offline mode if they had already been set from the app. So with the entire thing offline, it couldn't connect and you couldn't set or change the timer. But if there was a timer running, it would still work. So it didn't automatically starve every pet out there like you would think might happen. However, for any reason, first of all, if your app is giving a problem, uh, an error and your thing, you can't set timers and you can't seem to, you know, the thing doesn't work. You're a dude named Ben. What's the first thing that you try? Turning it off and on again. You are correct. That is the first thing anybody tries. Now, that what doesn't is that wipe out do? the memory, does it? It does. It <laughs> makes it so it makes it so that it throws away all active timers and then tries to connect to the database online to get new ones. So what that means is that everybody who turned their shit off and back on again, now their pets are starving unless they take the monumental step of manually feeding their pets themselves. Wow. That, a lot of pets probably were brought back to shelters because people are, I mean, I, we talked about the article out of here, I, or, didn't we? Or, the millennials that were afraid to have plants because they might kill them. I mean, <laughs> wow. I I don't know. I, I feel for the pets of anybody, not not because this stupid feeder might have stopped working for a week. I mean, that is unfortunate for the pets. But honestly, any pet whose owner decides that an automated feeder is a substitute for paying attention to and spending time with your pet is not having the great life. 
You know, I can see I people, know. especially with cats, because you they can roam around and, and do their business well, in the house. Cats are a lot lower maintenance. Cats yes. will actually, if you if you leave a cat for two days and you come back, they'll be like they'll look at you when you walk and be like, "Oh, it's you. You were gone. I didn't notice." Yeah, um, yeah don't look at what's on the TV. But uh, dogs, however, get positively fucking neurotic if you're gone for eight hours. That they, they, dogs really like attention. They really like hanging out with humans and and just leaving them for a day at work. Anybody who who's had a hyper dog when you show up at home from work and they're like they lose their fucking mind when you step in the door. It's because they got lonely. Uh, so anyway, the, the internet slash child feeder probably not a good idea. I it, it's another in the long line of Internet of Things devices where you're like, um, you know, this is a household object that. Uh, the technology has been around and it's functioned perfectly well for a very long time. And there's absolutely no reason that you need to connect it to an app and an online fucking database. There's no reason it's it not, th this is, I mean, uh, internet of things devices can shut off on their own for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, they, they update unexpectedly and we all know how much software updates help out the user. Uh, the server could go down. They could have a security hole or or like we talked about last week with the bicycle, they could just shut off because there's a patent dispute and the company gets sued out of existence. There's all sorts of things that can go wrong with this app connected device. And yeah. your alternative is you have one that's it, it, it's a piece of plastic that you pour water and food into. Yeah, I don't even see what the data that you would be able to scrape from this would be worthy of selling. But I guess people will sell any data for anything. Uh it's weird. I, I don't really understand yeah. the the takeaway on this particular thing. But uh, I mean, what? Maybe we're just short sighted. But uh, I'm just just having a mental image here of this this little auto feeder. I saw a video the other day, and I usually don't watch these animal videos online. But this one I thought was kind of hilarious. Was a dog, and it was a fairly was large it? dog. Oh, you, you watched an animal video. Was it posted to Facebook by Dame Bemrose? Just it, asking. It may have been. I don't remember where I saw this, but this this came in the same concept, except it was a very low tech version. Instead of auto feeding the dog, this was auto watering the dog. So there was kind of like one of those little mini things like you'd find in a water cooler, like a little jug that sits on top of the thing upside down. So oh, as yeah. the dog drinks the water, it refills which is genius yeah. well it, which anybody who's used one of those water coolers knows that occasionally a giant bubble goes up through it which yes. would freak out a dog and it did every time the dog was thirsty and it would go at the water and all of a sudden bloop, and it would jump back and look around <laughs> and then go back for more water and repeat it was fantastic yeah well you see that's entertaining and and if you even if you're just sitting there filming it that is interacting <laughs> with your dog that's the way dog you're supposed to function with dogs yes it, if, if you're gonna have a pet then interact with it even if you're just taking videos of it and humiliating the poor thing on facebook that that is interacting that is how you use pets you you <laughs> spend time with them if if your interaction is you're going to leave them in a locked up apartment all the time and never pay attention to them and rely on some online database to feed them you're better off not having a pet Get a goldfish, because at least then you're not quite as horrible when you let them die. Yeah. And I want to know if you have one of those watering things for your dog, do they ever get used to the sound and figure out what's going on? 
Or yeah. They- uh, well, I don't know if they ever figure out what's going on, but eventually they're like, yeah, this happens. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to worry about it. Not I keep getting my sweet, sweet water. So we're closing in on the two hour mark here. So let me just ask you anything else we need to discuss here or are we running really long today? Uh, well, I had an interesting conversation where I had to turn around on something. I had a conversation with uh, one of my friends who is a, a hardcore unrepentant leftist. And so, you know, normally we're not allowed to talk politics, but uh, we were talking about Star Trek and I said, yeah, I, you know, I like the the Star Treks back in the eighties and nineties, but I had to abandon the franchise because Odyssey had gone full social justice. And he brought up the amazing point. He said, you know what? Star Trek has always been full social justice. They're just different social justice things they're talking about. I'm like, I can't actually deny that. <laughs> right. What you're, uh, it depends what the cause was at the time. You may have yeah. believed in the earlier ones, and that makes it a lot yeah, easier. And, and that might be it. So I'm, I'm, I'm realizing that, that some things change and some things stay exactly the same. And with that said, I do think that some of the earlier storylines had the message so cleverly hidden in the storyline that you didn't feel like you were being preached to, which I think, I don't know, we just don't have good writing yeah, yeah, anymore. And, and some of them, some of them wore the message on their sleeve and beat you over the head with it. It did happen. Yeah, but uh, that's, that's the, that is now, that's the norm. Apparently I'm being live fact checked by the troll room. Yes, I think I meant discovery. Wow. See, this is why we have this beautiful resource at hand live during no, the shows just, no agenda in fact Stream. darren Com. is going to go back and edit it so that i actually said discovery during that whole thing so right. that of I course edit. i appear to be completely right i don't edit anymore i, I mean I'm, i finally come over fully now that i've got the motu adam curry absolutely right never edit anything it's content this is a fucking reversal from show eight when well anyways. you 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 did a lot more ums and ahs and double talking and I mean, as any new podcaster will find out, including our buddy, Sir Matthew, who is doing Maps with Maps, yes, a new podcast just, coming. Just finished his his first episode, and we congratulate him for taking a step down that long, slow road of insanity. Yes, we have the preview, so the website and all that stuff's not up yet. We will uh, We will give you that when it's available. This was a preview, and I have to say, I really wish. I mean, I know I have a decent radio voice. But the accent, oh, gee, I mean, Sir Mathieu is that little French, you, you just say baguettes a few times and uh, croissants and I'm good. Yeah, dude is easy to listen to. Him and Void could do a show together, but they might cause each other to fall asleep just from the soothing natures of their voices. And they may well, they, even okay, arguing. Now I, wanna, now I wanna hear the Mark and Matt show. Yes, I M&M. want that to be a thing. Oh, I want the M&M show. We need to work on Mams? that. Yeah, the M&M. Mark and Matt. It, yeah, it, it'd be Mams. <laughs> Mams. <laughs> Broadcasting from the Netherlands and Quebec. That, I mean, that would be that would be so international. I want we need to. I mean, even if it's a short run thing, we need to do that. I think that would be absolutely fantastic. And we applaud anybody. I mean, he he thanked us both in that first episode, like of teaching him what to do to do things right. And I'm like, well, I don't know if we're doing things right exactly, but uh, you know, we try. We try to put out good content. We try to make everything sound good. And we appreciate it when uh, people think we're doing things right. And we appreciate it when people go out of their way to support the show, like our good buddy, Jay Finley, the executive producer on today's show. And and a guy that is uh, is taking a little bit of time off. So we're going to be able to get him on a show here in the in the near future. 
I hope, because we want to hear about his exploits with phone freaking back in the day. And uh, I know he's got a lot of good stories, so we have to get him on. And I don't know, though. He just took a sabbatical from work like uh, last week. And then, of course, the markets all crashed. So I don't know. He, we may need you to go back to work, Jay Finley, with the markets crashing. You did something to the fabric of time space and uh, and you've caused this coronavirus. And uh, I don't know. Something bad has happened there. Yeah, seriously, that dude needs to stop messing up and causing all the problems in the world. <laughs> exactly. But thank you for your donation to Grumpy Old Beds. We fully appreciate yeah, well, it. That is not a problem. You can go ahead and continue doing that. Because you were solving problems by donating grumpy old Benz. Yes. And we have, of course, Jay Finley. And then we also have Jay Fletcher, who is on a monthly donation, the host wow. of the Hog Story podcast. What, Hog what Story did we do last show to to cause this bounty? We need to continue more of that. Um, we had three last show, though. So we're actually down from last show. So we're going to have to. We're going to have to okay, do, the what do, we sad- do the last show sucked. What did we do the show before? We have to do the the sad puppy thing. We have to do the you know sad looking cat yep. and and then beg people to go to grumpy and click one of those donate buttons. And shame, shame them into donating. Right. Yeah. It is. It Don- is. Donations are way down this week. It <laughs> seems like our producers don't like us anymore. And, and something I'm sure you haven't noticed, although maybe you did, because I did put it on no agenda social if you go to grumpyoldbenz.com now there is a link to sign up for a mailchimp mailing list that we're starting up oh god very much like the no i said i we, i'm not gonna let you access that or anything because i don't want to put people through that but to remind people when live shows are coming up when special shows are coming up like you know drunky old bems that we heard that was going to be happening with you and bemlet um i also figured this would be a good way to so, so if we're, what you're saying is we're providing people more ways to connect so that we can tell them to disconnect. Right. That's exactly okay. it. But it's also, I mean, I'd like to start doing prizes. I mean, I just got a Billy Eilish album from listening to Hog Story. And I'm like, we need to do something. On you know, I've listened to the last few episodes of Hog Story and Fletcher does mention that. But I, I, I got to ask you because Fletcher never answers my question. <laughs> Who the fuck is Billy Eilish? Billy Eilish is somebody different than Billy Eilish. One is a singer. One is probably an advertisement for mascara. <laughs> Just a guess. Okay. Maybe. Maybe not. So which which one am I more likely to need in my daily life, I guess, is the real question. I don't know. Are you cross-dressing? Do you need mascara? Are your lashes uh, very thin and feeble? Then Cross-dressing? I'm not even dressing. <laughs> oh, my God. The humanity. But we appreciate Jay Fletcher for being on the the monthly donations, the mailing list. I figured if we start giving away some grumpy old Ben swag, maybe this would be a good place to kind of do it. Um, or at least to let people know what's going on contests, things like that a way to have a, a way to just communicate, to let us know what kind of subjects you want us to talk about. It's just another outlet. And, uh, you know, it seems to work for no agenda. So I figured we would try that. If you go to grumpy you'll also find our PO box address, which is PO box. 358 Mokina, Illinois 60448, or you can send us anything you want in the mail. Well, anything legal. Otherwise, the post office may come after you. If you wrap everything in duct tape like Fletcher does, you may be on a list. I don't know. But grumpyoldbenz.com, you can find everything you need to subscribe to the show. You can find out the, like I said, the P.O. box address. You can find out the mailing list, sign up. You can find out how to subscribe or how to donate via bitcoin everything you could possibly need in the grumpy old ben's universe 
is at grumpyoldbenz.com. Of course, I don't think I put our email addresses there. So if you want to email us, it's Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N, or Ryan, R-Y-A-N, at grumpyoldbenz.com. Anything else? Am I missing anything else here? Quite a lot, but we can't <laughs> dump a call of the content on people. Let's let's go ahead and save some of it for next week. That seems so fair. The, the, list of, the list of notes that I've made and just keep pushing off till the next episode gets longer and longer. Well, the, see, that's the I beauty got, of this. So this is, this is how a, No Agenda a, started from one show a week to two shows a week. Eventually, Grumpy Old uh, Benz may need to expand to two shows a week. Teaser, I've got a whole set of notes about the uh, privacy implications of school districts who are apparently not restricted by the Fourth Amendment in any way and are engaging in the kind of surveillance that you normally would only see the governments of China and Iran doing. Wow. I wonder if parents can watch their kids through an app during the school day. You know, I bet there's a way to do that. That is, that's kind of scary. I mean, we are going in a different direction here in Grumpy Old Benz, as you've kind of realized the last few episodes, it's more of an open-ended format. So if you like that, if you don't like that, let us know. It kind of seemed to be the only way to go once the... if. If you like the new format, then uh, please go ahead and donate to let us know. And if you don't like the format, then donate and let us know. Right. Donate twice the amount you were going to donate to let us know you hate what we're doing. I get it. Exactly. So until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you to everybody in the troll room at noagendastream.com. When we do these things live, we appreciate the support. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where I'm loading up on barbecue and bullets. And from America's left coast, where the social justice cause changes, but the smugness stays the same. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Thank you.